Welcome back, friends. This is the Good Midlife Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking back in. We missed last week. We had a busy week. I had a daughter in from out of town, so spent a lot of time with her. And so uh, we we um, had to take a week off unexpectedly, but we are back. Richard, on the road tonight? No, uh, in Louisville this week. No, I'm in Louisville this week. Oh, that's right. You have a story to tell. That's right. We might get to that. But uh, before we go further, let me just thank everybody for listening as I did and just remind everybody where you can find us. We are at the Good Midlife Podcast on Instagram, thegoodmidlife at gmail.com. Richard is at Kenshin Crew on Instagram. Now, um, the, uh, the weather here in Louisville has been pretty good the last couple of days. The heat's finally broken, and we're in the 80s, I think, and it's it feels almost... Uh, spring-like or something Do you, have you gotten some good running in in this good weather i have i was supposed to run 15 miles this weekend but i had family in town so i couldn't get that done but i have run I, i've run the past two nights so well, i should say i ran monday sunday and monday uh but yeah it feels pretty incredible it's actually kind of nice so yeah everything's good back when i was a runner i used to love it when the heat would break just a little bit and if you were running and it was 94 and then you're running and it's 88 it feels just 88 i didn't even realize 88 could feel glorious until you run at 94 you know yeah yeah i i, I ran on a sunday or i ran last thursday and literally thought i was going to melt into the pavement it, it was, was so miserable it was horrible horrible well we got some better, more seasonable temperatures here, so we're enjoying that. Um, let's do what we do, which is kind of talk about our weekends and uh, kind of fun stuff we've done here in town or out of town over the last few weeks. I'll jump in here and start just because I don't have very much, but I will say I had a great Saturday with my wife this past weekend. We went to um, we went to Sidebar and grabbed a burger. That was our second stop. We 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 started with a beer at Gravely, which is one of the better breweries in Louisville. Um, we were going to eat at the food truck there, but there was some technical difficulties. So we just went to Sidebar and grabbed a burger. One of my favorite burgers in town. I do love the Death Penalty Burger there. It is delicious. Truffle fries, sweet potato fries. You can't go wrong. And then we went down to uh, Lynn Family Stadium to watch Louisville City play. And it was, Richard, the best they've looked all season. They won 2-0. They were fun. It was fun to watch soccer again in that stadium. They've struggled all season. But, man, they look good. And that was old school Lou City. So that was our big, big fun on Saturday night. And that was after I had put my daughter on a plane, um, you know, Saturday morning. So we'd had a fun, fun weekend, a fun week hanging out with her and, and some family stuff. So. Uh, what about you? Anything fun that you've, you've gotten into? Yeah, well, I had uh, family in town. Uh, our world-famous listener, Melissa Clark, was in town. So uh, uh, I wish we could have gotten a quick sh uh, her on the pod this uh, weekend. But uh, the weekend was a little crazy. They came in town on Thursday and kind of did uh, a couple tours of Louisville. It was so hot it was the problem. And we have we have a two and a, our two and a half year old niece and that that kind of that made things a little difficult to find things to do. We didn't have a pool or anything to go to, so um, but it was nice and uh, went to Noche on Friday and uh, or Saturday. I'm sorry, and then oh, we went to the Eagle on Friday night, which oh, was good. very hot as well. 
Yeah, that's uh, a. I like enjoy. their food there, but that's a hot restaurant. They've got the patio, and indoors can be a little warm. So I'm sure that it was hot on a uh, sweltering night in Louisville. It was the first time I've seen where uh, there was nobody sitting on the patio when we first got there. Well, we went the week before we were going to soccer, and we went to um, Lulu on Market, the Cafe Lulu restaurant that's down there, which yeah. is a favorite of ours. Um, we had our first date at Lulu in St. Matthews, and um, it was awfully hot in there, too. It was just – you couldn't cool the building down because of the doors opening up and, and the kitchen and all the things. So it was uh, it was very warm. Yeah, it, it was just all around. I mean – until Sunday, it was just flat out miserable. And then even later on Sunday afternoon, it got hot again. So the theme for the last week was miserable, miserable, miserable. Yeah, so. we went to the in-laws pool on Sunday, and it was not much cooler than my hot tub, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I still stayed in it all afternoon. So don't worry about me. I got this. Um, all right. So good fun on the weekends. Um Let's see what else we want to talk about. You know, right now the World Cup is going on, Women's World Cup. We've been excited about that. I They did a great job scheduling the U.S. women's games so we could get two of the games in group play in prime time at 9 o'clock instead of being at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. And I tell you, they they looked just okay against Vietnam. They should have won that game by about 7. They won 3-0. Netherlands, I got to see part of that. Kind of lucky to get a draw there, I thought, and uh, that got them through. They were very lucky this morning early to get that draw against um, Portugal. So they advance first time they only the second time they've ever not finished first in their group play in the Women's World Cup. So how much have you gotten to watch, Richard? Do you have opinions about that? I, I you know, I have not gotten to watch a game at all, which is unfortunate. I was. Uh... I was kind of hoping to get at least one game in, but of course the last game was this morning at 3 a.m. So that didn't get to happen. Um, so I have not, unfortunately, uh, got to see any of the games. I, I'll probably start to get more into the uh, the second round for sure. We, I was, I felt really happy last week when my daughter had gotten into town and we, um, my two daughters and I were the only two people in the house. Everybody else had stuff going on. So we did kind of what we used to do when it was just the three of us living together. And we cooked a big dinner, not a big dinner, but I grilled some pork chops and made some vegetables and stuff like that. And, and then we all hit the couch and watched, watched the sporting event. So we, I got to watch that game with my girls, which was super, super fun um, to me. It was very old school. And so we watched all of it and I, <clears throat> You know, there's a lot of talent on this team, but I don't think they're um, they they do not play as a cohesive unit. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if he's not utilizing his substitutions right. Um, I love Sophia Smith. She has a ton of talent, but she seems very I don't want to say like kind of lone wolfish, but she's looking for the strike, which you want in your striker. But I don't see her looking for a pass if it's there. You know what I mean? Or trying yeah. to to set somebody else up. So. Um, they got three goals. She got two of them, I think. Um, and then uh, I got to watch a little of the Netherlands game. And again, that's a good squad. They're ranked number nine in the world and we're number one. So getting out of there with a the draw is, is no shame, no, sh no slouch there. So we'll see. looks like they might play Sweden on Sunday at like 6 a.m., I think. So I don't know if I can muster getting up at six, but maybe I can set the DVR. It's hard to say. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's. It... 
it could be a sense of urgency, like they thought maybe they could get by with this and just get through and then start playing a little bit more serious as it happened or it, for the second round. I don't know. It, it just, I mean, the highlights I saw, they look lackadaisical and kind of not really taking it serious. And it, that that can bite you now. I mean, it's like they, they got lucky they got through, but it's, it's now time to start getting serious and turning up the gas. So we'll see how that happens. Yeah, he's, he's that yeah. And I know she's getting older, but he's barely played Rapino in this um, World Cup. And maybe he can play her. Maybe we can get Trump to say something that pisses her off and then he can play her a lot and she can get fired up and go out there and and do what she did in, in 2020. You know, that would be awesome. She's probably basking because in it because he just got indicted again. That's that, well, that's what I'm telling myself. So, oh, oh, did the indictment come down since I've sat down? Yeah, yeah. There, there's been another indictment. Okay, so. I knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming, but I didn't. I haven't. I haven't seen that. I was in another meeting before we started recording. So, okay, very interesting. We will step off of that so we don't step in it politically. But, uh, um, Trump, if you could go at Megan Rapino and just say some ugly things about the women's soccer team. To get him fired up, that'd be awesome. We'd like, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Do, do sure. your pa- do your patriotic duty. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's Women's World Cup. Uh, what next? Anything else in the sports world before we get into movies? We got a lot of movie stuff to get to tonight. Yeah, uh, Kentucky has made some moves. Uh, they landed a uh, international recruit, a seven-two kid, um, which is interesting. And he, I mean, apparently he's he's pretty legit and. Um, there there's it seems like ksr is back on drinking the kool-aid about cal and then i saw an article headlined uh when cal got his swag back so it's it's kind of interesting in that regard so uh i don't know i it, it, i'm not going to get my hopes up they they look pretty good in the internationals i mean i uh, reed shepherd looks really good so i don't know i i don't know how i i want to take this they lost out also on a, a recruit uh, big football running back who uh, decided to go to Cincinnati and football today so or yesterday. So I don't know why anybody would uh, want to go play with Satterfield because, I mean, if you looked what he did at Louisville, which was Holy nothing. Cow. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe you, Louisville was just a bad situation. I felt bad for the guy. Um, just, I mean, he did really well at App State, but he just never found his swag swagger and uh at louisville so maybe uh maybe uh it's uh, cincinnati i don't know i don't know why anybody would go to cincinnati to play football uh when you could go play in the sec but that's that's me yeah yeah I, i'm right there with you well um you know last year at this time um the whole cow got his swag back narrative was going on and so i'll believe that when i see it um i hope it's right i bought it last year i'm gonna just reserve the opportunity to hold judgment until i see the product on the court against some d1 uh caliber players and i'll just leave it at that football i cannot wait we are into august which means we are less than two weeks away from premier league starting and we are just we're less than a month away from college football starting in six weeks from the nfl and holy cow i cannot wait uh it's um we're, we're ready to rock around our house we are very excited so uh have you guys decided on your trip yet so we have well we haven't i think so i'm gonna make a call on that this week i think it might be pittsburgh i think we might go for pittsburgh jacksonville that's what i'm leaning towards 
um, because I'd like to go someplace we we don't have to fly. Honestly, um, we've all had some big trips this year, so money. I'm thinking about like ideally Denver or Seattle or where we'd all love to go, but I feel like um, we have to get to Pittsburgh at some point. And we have to get to Cleveland at some point, so I feel like it might be one of those two. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I hope it coincides somehow where I'm on a work trip that week and I can just stay over the week. That would be awesome. Weekend with you guys. So, uh, what what weekend is that now? The Pittsburgh game would probably be October 29th. The hold on that one really is Kentucky plays Tennessee at home that weekend. Oh, but look, I love Kentucky football. We're not going to beat Tennessee. We're just not. Um. And uh, the Cleveland weekend, I think, is the weekend after, November 5th. Gotcha. So one of those two. I, I really would rather go to Pittsburgh, and I'd rather see them play Jacksonville, which I think that's a potential – that's a, a game between two teams who will be in the race for a playoff spot. So that sounds pretty good. And uh, waving the terrible towel sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. So. Yep. We'll work through it. Um, it's going to happen, though. I was talking to a buddy of mine at the soccer match, so we're, we're talking through it and trying to figure out our spots. So that's, that is the update on our uh, road trip. So if you're in any of those places and you want to lobby for your city, please get at me. Uh, we will um, come to the highest bidder, honestly. Even if it's like I, I'll give you a, a Browns hat, then, okay, I'll probably come to Cleveland for that. <laughs> so cheap. <laughs> so so yeah, cheap and yeah, easy. Right, right. Well, you got to start somewhere, baby. Yeah. So that's that. Now, let's get into the big part of this week's conversation because last Monday, the Monday after opening weekend, the Barbenheimer opening weekend of movies, Richard and I went to see Oppenheimer. We went to the theater together. Uh, the genesis of that, my wife and daughter, um, some other wives' daughters were doing a mother daughter trip to Barbie movie. And I was like, absolutely. That sounds awesome. I'm going to see Oppenheimer. And so that's what Richard and I did. Um, and I kind of want to break this movie down a little bit, talk about it, get some opinions. I've got some some opinions about it that are positive, some opinions that are not quite so positive, but overall I liked it. Uh, you want to start with some things you loved, Richard? Yeah, I, I have to say it's one of the better movies I've seen in a long time. It kind of brought me back to the glory days of movies from the standpoint of like epic movies. Um, I will say it was slow at times, but the music kept you on your the seat of your pants. I mean, it's there's nothing. I mean, it's a historical movie. Obviously, it's it's based on the uh, a book. Um, so it I'll say this: it was not the movie I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just like, hey, here's the story about how they made the atomic bomb, and that was a large part of it. But I would say the majority of the movie was more about the after the the bomb was made and basically the witch hunt after of Oppenheimer uh, during the McCarthy or McCarthy purge, so to speak, um, and uh, all that stuff. So it, it I think it was more of like a mystery uh, movie than anything else, and that's but I thought it was fantastic. I thought. I, I didn't think the explosion, I mean, if I saw the explosions maybe on IMAX, they would have been impressive. But overall, I, I don't think it was a movie about the bomb. It was about 
Oppenheimer and I meant the historical events after the bomb was made that were more important. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say the bomb is a MacGuffin or anything because it's important, but it's really about Oppenheimer and his life and his um, his fears and worries about developing the bomb and then his estrangement from the government afterwards because um, of his beliefs that nuclear proliferation should not continue um and i loved the movie i thought it was great and it's interesting you talk about the glory days of movies because i felt like walking out of there and then some of the trailers that we saw while we were sitting in there i felt like the movies are back i feel like this might be the best year since the pandemic because we still have killers of the flower moon we still have napoleon we still have ferrari um there's a david fincher film that's coming out um there's dune part two there's the the willy wonka thing with uh, timothy chalamet like it feels like big movies are back though right well i i thought oppenheimer kind of reminded me of the days like the the best movie i can give it a reference point to was like the right stuff if you yeah. ever saw i saw the right stuff in the movies in the theater when i was a kid or yeah a kid and there was an intermission is how long that movie was. Yeah, that was a long and movie. It, it, but it, it is a great epic movie that is in it is one of the best movies, in my opinion. It's just like ever. But it it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, and it was enjoy. Oppenheimer was it, it. Like I said, the music was good. It was intense. Um, you never. I mean, it was kind of like a suspense movie where because the music made it that way i mean it was nothing suspenseful i mean we were all leading up to the bomb and in the building of the bomb but it was like it was the music that kept it like you on the edge of your seat no matter what almost on in every scene that was that way i i couldn't agree more i i thought the music in that was great first of all i thought all of the sound pieces of it were great the original score is unbelievably good and it does keep you in it and to your point in the second act of the film, it's all about Los Alamos and the building of the bomb. And that whole time, you're kind of white-knuckled, wondering if this is going to work. Are they going to get it done in time? Is the test going to succeed? And we all know what happens, except the film, the filmmaking and the sound track, the music is so intense that it kind of white-knuckles you, even though you know what's happening. And I loved what the... I cannot recall who wrote the score, but I love what he did because he could do that through all of that that tense drama, the scientific stuff, the the, the pseudo action stuff. But then he would shift gears. And if he had two Jewish scientists working together, talking together or commiserating about some issue he shifted into a lone violin playing in a jewish style and he just threw he took the toolbox and threw everything he had at the screen i feel very confident that there will be two oscars coming out of this film there may be a lot but i'm very confident in original soundtrack or original score and robert downey jr as supporting actor and i haven't seen anything else coming and i might i might eat my words on that but those two i would bet right now yeah, and, and I got to say, it's Robert Downey Jr. from, again, it's, it's the continuation of the Robert Downey Jr. story. I and mean, then from the days when he was just a complete train wreck in the Alley McBeal and 
drugs and everything else to what he has come into. I mean, I, I'm amazed. I thought he was good as Iron Man and uh, Me too. Tony Stark. And then to watch him in this role was as Strauss was unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable. It, it every actor. And what's funny about it is, and I saw a thing. It's just like it was almost the who's who of acting. It seemed like uh, Nolan went out and got every name in Hollywood almost to like be in this movie. Or and it also surprised me some of the actors he also included. Josh Hartnett. I mean, it's like yeah, I know he was in like some like Showtime series recently. But before that, it's just like, what else has he been in since, like, I think the last movie I saw him in was Black Hawk Down. Yeah, me too. That's exactly right. And, I mean, like, even going deep into the vault, like, deep to the well, getting uh, Kenneth Branagh to play Niels Bohr, like, that was an awesome get and a great actor for that role. And uh, Kenneth uh, Branagh's been in a lot of his movies, though. I mean, he's in Dunkirk. He's, He's been in a couple other ones. He does bring back reoccurring actors which yeah. is good but at the same time as yeah Ken, and then kenneth rana was it was amazing and then i thought it, um uh, um truman um that was um gary, gary oldman, oldman played truman he's only on the screen for two minutes or something but it's it's oscar worthy his performance almost he was great as truman and he's probably the only person to have played a u.s president and winston churchill yeah he, exactly yeah, that was a that was yeah. a great treat to see that um i loved that I agree with you that it did drag a little bit. I thought the opening act of the first hour was good, um, just kind of setting everything up. There were some great moments in that. Overall, it moved pretty quickly and good. The second act is the moneymaker. It's the best thing in the film. Uh, the third act is where it, it bogs down just a little bit, but I still think it's really good. And you made a great point about this being about Robert Oppenheimer and um, – Louis Strauss and uh, Oppenheimer. And I think that's right. Like, it's not just about the bomb. It's about Oppenheimer and his personal fears about the bomb and his regrets about the bomb and the, the battle between him and Louis Strauss. And some of the criticisms in this film of this film um, are criticisms Nolan's faced before and that he doesn't really write great female act, female parts. And he didn't do it again here. I thought Emily Blunt's part as uh, Oppenheimer's wife was solid. Um, but Florence Pugh is in this as uh, an old girlfriend. And that, that's an interesting story. Um, but th- not much going on there. There's really not much depth to that character. But I think filmmakers, I don't think I know, filmmakers have to make a choice when they decide what story they're going to tell. And if you're going to tell a story about Robert Oppenheimer versus Louis Strauss, then that's what that is. Now you could have totally written this story about and make it be about Oppenheimer and his relationship with his wife and him confiding in her with all of his worries and fears and maybe her being supportive or whatever you want that to look like. And I don't know how how accurate any of that is, but I do think that Nolan did a great job with what was generally perceived as accurate history and and went down that road and that's the choice he made and you know at the sacrifice of having some great female leads or great female characters but um i I just feel like that the choice of what he did in the movie was that and i don't have a problem with it well yeah and i agree with that but i i will say i thought emily blunt did a great job like i don't know i read a little bit about the history of that uh her character and oppenheimer's wife um 
and the the scene at the end where she snubs that one scientist who turned his back on Oppenheimer yeah. and I'm not ruining ruining anything listeners but the scene that scene alone was worthy uh, it's like it proves that theory wrong that he can't write a good she did that role perfectly well the story was about Oppenheimer and Strauss not and yes but at the same time is she has a second act in the movie where it's just like her character evolves and it evolves right at the right time. And that is in that pseudo trial yeah. where she all of a sudden comes out of her like shell and becomes a force and an ally to her husband. I, and it was I agree with that. Timed and it was from that point on to the end of the movie was we saw like that there was a good female lead in it. Florence Pugh was just a girlfriend kind of, it's, I think it was a distraction piece, but it was built that her role was building to the end to explain why all this happened to him and, and how it all happened. So again, it, that's why I think it was more of a whodunit movie kind of, it, it kind of reminded me of like a clue, so to speak in a very odd way, but it was a, a whodunit versus and how they did it it was i mean who who done it and how they did it and how they got all the pieces together to do what they did and then you think that's the end of the story and then it goes to the end and it's another who done it back to the who done it yeah so it's just incredible it's there's so many layers to it that i mean i sound like a geek but i mean it, it, there were so many layers to that movie that it's surprising I mean, and there's different acts in, in each scene almost going on. Yeah, I thought I agree with you about Emily Blunt's character, and I do believe she was a major star in the third act of the movie. And that scene with the hearing is she's pretty amazing in that. And and some of the interchanges with her in Oppenheimer are very, very good. Um, I think the Florence, the character Florence Pugh played was a pretty interesting character in real life and i thought they did a pretty good like i think he could have spent a little bit more time in terms of like what happened to her in a little bit but we clearly could tell from the portrayal that she had some mental illness issues and her death was officially ruled a suicide but uh he does a really sneaky job of when she's in the bathtub there's one scene where you can see somebody with a glove on their hand pushing her head underwater and yes i was going to bring that up and i didn't want to bring it up on the show or on this i was very good offline yeah but yes it does show that and because it shows two takes of it yep it shows yep. her by herself and then the black glove yep and it gives you a sense of what really happened there it's, it's, it's ambiguous. Nobody well knows. Yep. It's yeah. really brilliant. It's really, really brilliant. Now, while we're talking about Florence Pugh, we've got to talk about the scene, the weird scene, the scene. Uh, you know, the one I'm talking about. Uh, enlighten me. I think I do, but it's uh, uh, the scene where he is testifying before the hearing committee and he is fantasizing about her naked on his body. Yes. That, yes. That was weird. Um, I don't know about that. That's the, I, I know there's a reason. I know there's something behind it, but I and, I and he was talking about her during his testimony. So I guess he was remembering that. But that was an odd scene. 
Well, it wasn't it because his wife was looking at him testifying. Right. Emily Blunt's character was looking at him, and and she was learning about the the affair. And I think that's what it was. I see. Because I see. So like her imagining her, that maybe. Yeah, she was. Okay, it was grinding her gears. Yeah. Um. So yes, I think that's what it was. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. A couple other fun things from the movie, or things I loved about the movie. I, we all know Albert Einstein is this historic figure, great scientist, but it was, I mean, I almost like, I don't want to say emotional, but it was super cool to see an Albert Einstein character on the screen. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but it felt like, holy shit, that's Einstein. That's so cool. I don't know yeah. why I felt that way. Um, I kind of geeked out before this movie and, and went back and read a lot of stuff about Oppenheimer's life and about the physicists and everything that was going on then. And it, it took me back to my, my college days of taking a lot of chemistry and stuff like that. And um, I really feel like this movie could have a tagline under it and it could be called Oppenheimer make physics sexy again, because it made physics cool. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yes, it, it did make science pretty interesting pretty again, cool. for sure. Okay. So let's talk about the bomb drop. And I'm not going to spoil anything because if anybody's uh, read anything about this, you'll know about this. And I thought what Christopher Nolan did with the bomb drop was unbelievably amazing because the bomb hits and we have total silence, which is exactly what would happen if you were a couple of miles away from the bomb, as they all were. So they all see it. You all see the reaction. You see the bomb. You see the faces. You see the reaction. We move around to all of the characters in their particular settings and we get through all of that. No music, just silence. And then the bomb knocks you out of your seat in the theater. The sound of that explosion is an intense and amazing. And I mean, that's the kind of filmmaking you don't get every day. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. That was that was very exciting. Um, let's talk about the acting for Oppenheimer. I thought uh, the the acting of uh, Cillian Murphy for playing Robert Oppenheimer was unbelievable. He'll get nominated for an Oscar. Don't know if he'll win, but he'll get nominated. I, I don't know if he will either. He did a great job. He really immersed himself in the character. I think if you really, uh, I mean, method act, you're going to win most of the time an actor. I mean, look at Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, it's he, he sure. was quite known for that. Um, I don't know if he'll win either. I, it's like, I'll be interested to, I mean, when we have our Oscar show again and we have like who the uh he'll be nominated i guarantee it i mean i think the whole cast could be nominated um emily blunt for supporting actress i mean robert downey jr for sure um and him it's just like there, there's so many potentials there that it's ridiculous there's a world in which Matt damon gets nominated for supporting actor also yes yes i agree i, I haven't seen anything else yet and it depends upon what else is out there but there's a world in which uh, Matt Damon gets a nom they get two supporting actor nods for this. That's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's see what else do we want to talk about with this movie. Um, we had the just cast. go see it. Well, just yeah. I mean, I mean, in honesty, it's just like it, it. It is a great movie, and it's not what you think it is. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I loved it. I can't wait to um to rewatch it. Honestly, uh, I don't know yeah. that I want to rewatch it a lot, but um there's some folks at my house that haven't seen it yet so I, I really i'll watch it again with them um very very gladly um 
Okay. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I do think he did a great job of, I think Nolan did a great job of being very accurate historically um, from all the stuff that you read from the, the story about Oppenheimer attempting to poison his instructor all the way down to making sure that we knew that John F. Kennedy was involved in the uh, confirmation or non-confirmation of Louis Strauss. I think there were a lot of little details in there that, that he was pretty meticulous about with the historical account of Oppenheimer. Well, it's, it's also interesting, like his placement of characters, because it's the guy who I always get the, the guy who plays, um, who comes to the trial and basically spills the beans. Uh, the guy who played uh, Freddie Mercury, I can't. Oh, I yeah. Know. Rami Malek. Yeah. Yeah. His placement in that movie, I think, is a total of 10 minutes, possibly 15, maybe. Yes. Yes. He's in exactly that movie right. for maybe 10 minutes. But the placement of actors in that movie is very interesting. Even Casey Affleck, who yep. I think they could have gone with a different actor. But the his portrayal in the movie is is interesting because it loops back at the end every person is important is strategically important to that movie in some capacity yeah it's there's not much wasted in that movie and i I totally agree with that it's pretty much brilliant screenwriting and filmmaking all right so let's do one more quick question before we hop off where does this movie rank in your christopher nolan film rankings how high is it I still love the prestige. That's still one. His, I think it's my favorite movie by him. I would have dark Knight uh, with uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Fantastic. Um, I'd have to rank it either tied for second, or it's coming in at a very close two, three to dark Knight. Yeah, I would put, I would put it two for me. For me, the dark Knight is number one. That's my favorite, and I love everything about that, uh, from all the actors to the way it's put together to the sort of not ambiguous but ambiguous ending. Um, so it's uh, that's my favorite, but uh, and I think The Dark Knight's a lot more rewatchable. I don't think I'm going to want to watch Oppenheimer eight times in my lifetime, and I've seen Dark Knight eight times at this point. No, yeah, and I can watch I can watch The Prestige. Two or three times as well. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. That's high on the rewatchable yep. scale, too. So I agree yep. with that. Um, okay. Anything else you want to get to? And um, we'll, we'll start to wrap up. Yeah. I'd like to uh, like to give a uh, uh, public service announcement to all of my listeners. And I, I highly recommend pet insurance for you. <laughs> um, we recently had an incident at the house where uh, our, my lovely cat, Winston, decided to. Um, uh, decided to have kidney stones and he got one stuck in his water. They had to do emergency surgery. And I'll just say $5,000 later, uh, he is now has the cone of shame on. He is sleeping in a crate, our dog's crate. Uh, and if you know Hattie, she's about 120 pounds. So uh, he's, he's kind of in lockdown right at the moment and um, recovering. So my advice to you, if your employer, which mine did, and I kind of blew it off, like cat won't need insurance. Uh, the dog might because the dog has some uh, some issues, but the cat won't. Uh, think again because you might need it more than you think you do. So uh, 
that is my uh, public service announcement on um, pet insurance for all yeah. you people. And that's why Richard's in town, because uh, he's taking care of his cat, making sure the cone of shame situation's all right. When we sat down to see Oppenheimer, he uh, just said, I've had a hell of a week. My cat had kidney stones, and to help cure it, they kind of had to make my male cat a female cat for a minute so that everything could get right. So um, that uh, that's a tough situation. We all have pets, and that's that's really, really hard and um, yeah, expensive. And, uh... It, it, yeah, and uh, the first—I I don't think I got more than uh, three hours of sleep last week. So at in every night, so I think I averaged maybe about three hours of sleep because uh, there's the expression "hurting cats." Well, put a, a cat with a, a cone of shame on it, and then put it in a uh, <laughs> in a uh, kennel and or crate, and find out what happens. 24 hours of pure, I would even go maybe 48 to 72 hours of pure hell. And now he, it's like he's quiet now, but lately he has been, he does this even out of the cage. He's been crying like a uh, SOB. So we are down to less than minutes. So that is my plug for pet insurance for everybody. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you go see Oppenheimer. I hope you like it. If you like it or don't, let us know. I'd love to hear from people who have opinions about it. We'll talk about that for sure as we get later on in the movie season. Um, and with that, we'll sign off. We'll be back next week. Again, keep getting at us at the socials and keep living your best midlife, and we're going to keep living ours. See y'all later.